Hi! Welcome back to Kakona Cricket Cast. I'm your host, Pratham. I'm joined by my mate, Rohan. And today we're going to be discussing something that is a bit of an interesting match for both of us. Um, it's a showdown between the Gujarat Titans and Delhi Capitals at the MCA Stadium in Pune. But it's interesting for me and Rohan because both of these are teams that nominally we have no support towards um, or affiliation towards. And we don't really particularly, in theory, we shouldn't particularly care for them. Um, I'm a Mumbai guy. Rohan's a CSK guy. Um, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's not like that's super obvious <laughs> in any of the videos that we've no. done. But um, we've found ourselves in an interesting situation where we are, I wouldn't say support. That's a little too hard of... Hard, no, I, th- I think that's, 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 that's a bridge too far. Yeah, but it, these are two teams that, for different reasons, have interested us and we are interested or it's kind of interested to see how they go at least or and, and yeah. are, are tuned in and watching in the context of this tournament the particularly tag- Gujarat right because like this is their first season they kind of went out and everyone was confused why they were going out for the players they did in the auction yeah uh, it looked like a reject 11 um, and they won their first the island of misfit toys yeah um, but they've they, they won their, their, their first you know couple of matches now um so it's it's you know they're, they're sort of proving everybody wrong um and i know they've attracted you rowan in my yeah. case it's a little bit different um i don't know how as a guy from bombay i'm somehow even allowed to do this <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm actually keen on Barth how... will be rolling in wherever he is when he hears <laughs> about your, your your new change of allegiance yeah, yeah yeah no loyalty no loyalty but um, no, I, I I am actually interested in seeing how Delhi goes, right? Um, I I do think, and and it's kind of a different mentality for me, right? I like some of their players that are frontliners, but it's it's de- added some more significance to me their uh, how they perform in this particular uh, tournament because they're without their frontliners for the first half of their campaign, right? And so it's oh, yeah. almost like an underdog situation where you kind of want to cheer for them. I'll cheer with you. For remember them. that they're Delhi. Yeah, well, it's yeah. So that no nice things. No, I'll cheer for them, but in limits. I'm not gonna yes. like you know. You know I will cheer for the individual success of some of their players. Yes, yes, but yeah, um, but yeah, guys, we we watched the match uh, that happened today between Gujarat and Delhi. Uh, we want to share our thoughts with you, so let's get to them. So let's start off with the squads um, or the playing 11 that was picked for this particular match. It was interesting in the, that that usually when we talk about these things, right, we we talk about the changes that have been made to the, you know, sort of playing 11s or, or the, the teams that have been selected for the matches. This one was weird in that there were there was pretty much only one change in the entire <laughs> either playing yeah. 11. So it, well, the playing 22. Well, match. yeah, they're playing yeah. 22 for both matches, but I'm talking about, like, respectively... For, for, yeah, for, for, for one team, yeah. yeah. There was only, only one change. Yeah, only one change for one team. So it was interesting in that respect. And the change itself was one which was also a bit unorthodox for us because listeners of the show probably remember us as being the sort of people who are like, you pick this guy and we don't understand the logic behind it. Why are you going with this guy? Um, but... We didn't do that this time. We actually agreed with the selection that was made. No, no, I, I think it was a solid selection. 
yeah and the selection I, i'm one of this guy's biggest fans just genuinely generally speaking because he's not a he's not a bowler you're supposed to be able to find out this yes yes um you know a, a guy who bowls really good cutters that are almost leg spinners he almost and, exclusively bowls cutters and at the death and and he bowls them in a way yeah. that is still unorthodox in in many ways right yeah. um so yeah guys we're talking about the decision from delhi to pick mustafizur rahman to replace kamlesh nagarkoti and i thought the move actually made a lot of sense right uh, nagarkoti has been listless as a bowler to be quite frank since his recovery from the stress factor of his back and the stress reaction on the bone of his ankle it's kind of hard to come back from that and he hasn't really been come doing well since he's yeah. returned to fitness you could say um because now his pace has dropped right from in his U19 days you know he was yeah, he, he was a superstar fast bowler in that in that tournament yeah he was he's clocking yeah. what like uh, 140 plus consistent yeah 140 is he was skinny he had that he had the skill he was a wonderful young bowler yeah but now at least on average right i've seen his pace drop and he bowls mostly in the mid 130s um he has a low height and he was a very short guy um and and he doesn't really have the very he's never really developed the variations or ability to spear in the yorkers at the death or at least demonstrated recently right so yeah. realistically nagarkoti was only going to be a burden for this delhi side right one that's already been deprived of its strike bowlers from the attack norker's gone right because of injury he's recovering from that ingidi yeah. has recovered in time and is there now but he's also not really in the reckoning at the moment probably because they just want to make sure that he's assessing him for fitness make sure that he can get into a match yeah. bringing in rahman it gave delhi some respectability at bowling in the death and he has those variations and ability to execute those variations i feel that nagar nagar koti at this stage of his career sorely lacks so all in all i thought it was a good decision Yeah, and, and as I said, I agree with you on the decision uh, on the point of fizz. Uh but I also do like the fact that Gujarat have really started set, uh, sticking with a set a set lineup, which I think is a for for a young team in the sense that they are not a they don't have an established team culture, they don't have an established paradigm yet. Um giving that lets you build up the experience in this competition because when it comes down to the playoffs when it comes down to the end of the year uh not the end of the year but end of the season um you kind of need to rely on that well of experience from from your core players to win you matches in crunch time so i think the decision to stick with the stick with their squad for the first few matches without making any changes that's a solid thing thing for them to do Yeah, I I agree with you 100%, right? And and you it's a good way to check and assess who's in form and who's not. And as you said, new squad, new team really. So you need to build a culture. Yeah. And and this is a good way of building a culture. So all in all, both sides making pretty reasonable sensible choices. Yeah. Which is again, not something we're used to say. It's the IPL. We will we will pick Shivam Dubey and have him bowl. Everyone's a little bit Everyone's still a little bit salty about that, but it all in all good moves from both of these teams leading up into the match. At first glance, the pitch prepared at the MCA Stadium looked very much like the couple of wickets prepared here at the last couple of IPL matches played on this ground. It had an even smattering of green grass that 
on it that no doubt like the previous games was kept on to ensure that the pitch would last throughout the season but underneath the sheen was a wicket that appeared a more lighter brown than in past encounters seen during this IPL it seemed a bit drier and softer on which sort of meant that the pace off this pitch was lesser on average and in terms of consistency it wasn't as predictable compared to the past run fest of a match that happened here where they scored 200 something right or or something of that effect um yeah. but despite the slight greenery that assisted seamers of the first 5 overs or so and the softness that made the pitch mildly too paced it looked a fairly good wicket to bat on um so Ron, yeah, all I, I, th- 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 I think it was a wicket that got better to bat on the longer you were at the crease yes yes but not significantly so the disadvantage the the side batting right. first right so i i thought it was no, good no, no. what i want to mean is that like sort of the moisture in the air and the conditions it, it would get better or the the longer you had you, you had time at the crease in both ends yeah yeah you know once you were set it was a much more easier proposition i i'd agree with you on that um but yeah rowan all in all i especially given the fast outfield um on offer i thought that a 170 total would be par on this wicket. Um yeah, I I do know I, I do want to note that Hardik Pandya, one of the captains, did not think that was the case. He thought 180 190 would be par. Yeah, yeah, and I I I can see why because he could have been also thinking that dew might have come, um which has been an issue in, at this ground in the past and and in the yeah. IPL we've seen so far, teams have been able to chase much easier in the second innings because of that. Um but it it wasn't the case this time around and punt he won the toss and chose to bowl first and because of that due factor being absent this time i actually thought that decision from punt to bowl first wasn't thoroughly good or convincing to me uh, as as being a wise one uh, that decision because like the pitch didn't really look like it was going to ease up dramatically in the second innings as opposed to the first one and there was a slight dry breeze that was blowing throughout the venue and it wasn't particularly humid so what that meant was that the dew factor which has been so relevant in this IPL i mean we saw that CS uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we saw that CSK LSG match where they were bowling with a bar of soap too yeah <laughs> um but um and and obviously with with the dew the seamers and spinners alike it it, it becomes really difficult from the grip It yeah. just becomes difficult for them to bowl. That wasn't really the case here, so it wasn't a clear-cut decision for me to decide to bowl first on this wicket. So yeah, I can see that, but I also think that Punt is trying to back his side to chase, which is a big factor in trying to determine who wins in an IPL. It's in an IPL knockout stage. That's true. Um, That's because true. Because there is an advantage to chase him because you know what you have to get. So yeah, you can set back your side to try and chase on a target. I think that's a. the sensible decision to be made there. Yeah. Because you can set you have an expectation of what needs to be met. You can you can start out your plan, your game plan much better, right? I, yeah. Again, I I I can understand the decision, the decision, but I, I wouldn't unanimously think it was No, I, I I agree with you. I don't think that it was a unanimous I, I think this was sort of like a 50-50 if I, if I win the toss do I want to should should be bowl or bat? I would say because I'm old fashioned I'd like to bat first, but Yeah. <laughs> But but no, it, it, you know, he 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 just made that decision um and that sort of set the first innings into motion. So let's talk about the different things that happened in that first innings.
All right, on to the match itself. And I want to start, Rowan, with talking about the very start of the innings here because um, there was a bit of a minor blip. Matthew Wade got out to what I can only describe as an imbecilic ramp shot of the second ball of the game. I mean, it was... What, what was he thinking? It, it, Jesus, man. Like, it's a second ball of the match. Like, I get it. You're trying to take risks. I know that the boundary behind square of the wicket is, isn't that big. But it was a length ball, right? It was on off stump. You know the ball's swinging a little bit. Why are you trying to play, play out the power play? Just play out the power play. Play out two overs. Play out two overs and you're good. Yeah, or or even if you want to go aggressive, right? Like, I don't know, hold the ball. Do do like anything that's not that particular shot, which is so <laughs> high risk in the context of this. But he gets out a really odd shot. And, you know, if I was in the dressing room, it could have demoralized me to see something like that start off. I'm not trying to pile on Wade, by the way. So I'm just saying it was no. a good shot. Um, but after that, right, Shuman Gill and Vijay Shankar put on a partnership to safely take uh, Gujarat through the power play, right? And out of the two, Gill's knock, I think, deserves the greater praise for yeah. just the exquisite manner of how he placed those attacking strokes into the gaps, you know? Like, I remember this one point, Rowan, where Punt had two men on either side to where Midwicket would be on the 30-yard circle. And he still managed to perfectly bisect that gap for the ball yeah. to travel to the fence twice when he pulled and flicked it off the paces, right? Um, so that that was just remarkable placement. And and as the innings went on, obviously, he played more shots like that. But it, it started off during that power play. It was, it was great to see. Shankar, on the other hand, produced what I thought was a labor effort. Like, he was premeditating a lot uh, to get leg side of the stump so he could drive uh, you know, in a gap that he saw near cover. Uh, he did this against Akshar and he kept on finding the field again and again. And that's despite Akshar not really bowling particularly well today. You know, like his yeah. his monot- release points were monotonous. His angles that he was creating weren't as weird and wonderfully as, as usual. But the thing I did like about Shankar is that when he got the opportunity to rotate the strike, right, whenever possible to get Gil back on, he did so. Um, and they, they saw out the power play pretty decently until, of course, Shankar gets out a premeditated shot against the spinner, this time Kuldeep. But I do want to add here, Pratham, that Vijay Shankar is one of those players that people don't realize is actually very good at playing domestic T20 cricket. Yeah. Uh, his side consistently wins or is in the finals for uh, Indian domestic T20, uh, in domestic T20 tournaments. So they're very good. Um, and he's skipper, he knows what he's doing. So... Yeah. No, and, and it's good that he was able to stem the rot uh, or potential rot that could have arose here, right? Yeah. Um, so his innings does deserve a little bit of credit in, in that respect, um, too. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, both of them were sort of let off the hook a little bit by Rishabh Pant's captaincy. Um, and I thought that was a bit of a baffling decision from Rishabh Pant, quite frankly, to go on the defensive after that fall off that Wade wicket. Um because if you look at it, right, Mustafa Zor, first over, bowls the first over of the match. Um, he has two slips in for him, one, and he has a close in catching mid-wicket. Barely, we're talking about barely two or three overs later, right? For the, mm-hmm. a similar bowler in terms of angle and sort of delivery provided. Um, Mustafa Zor is a left arm, fast, medium, a medium, fast pacer. Khalil Ahmed is a left arm, fast, medium, medium, fast, really, uh, pacer. 
he had the mid-wicket fielder out in the deep and then all the fielders just outside the 30-yard circles. No slips or no one yeah. close in catching, right? And because they were just outside the 30-yard circle, um, it meant that Gil and Shankar could just tap the ball um, or just hit it straight to the fielder and they could still get that easy single. So I, I didn't like that move. Now, you brought up a really good point when we were talking about this um, when while we were watching the match that... yeah. Punt maybe not doesn't have as much faith in the what are two weak links uh, in his attack, specifically in the, the expensive Khalil and Shardul. Um yeah. And so he wanted to have the fielders just outside, so there's a bit of extra protection that could help them stop from making runs. But given that the wicket had a little bit of assistance for the seamers in those first five overs, and you had that loss of an loss of an early wicket, I don't really think it was a good tactic, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I think Punt was. Punt was, has shown throughout his captaincy that he's a more conservative captain than others in the IPL, in the sense that he, he he likes hedging against loss rather than hedging to win, right? Yeah. Uh, which again makes sense when you have guys like Gugisa Robata and Amrak Norcia to back you up, and makes sense when you have guys like Khalil and Shardul as your strike bowlers. And yeah. You're like, well, with those two guys, I can do what I wanted. With these two guys, do I have any choice in the matter? And the answer is no. Yeah. But I do think that I think I think that that this shouldn't take away from how well Shuman Gill batted. Yes. He... It, it, it's not it's not a typical Shuman Gill IPL innings, right? Typically in the IPL, Shuman Gill he scores slowly. He's a poor man's Kale Rahul. And I don't mean that in an insulting way to Shuman Gill. No, but I mean he, that he's the sort of guy. Kale Arguably the best pattern in the IPL. Yeah, and what what I what I just to, to clarify, right? Um, he's when I, when we say he scores relatively slowly, he's the sort of guy who will score what fifty off 42, 50 something off like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like almost like a hundred hundred twenty strike rate, right? Which yeah. is good. It's really good. But he's not. But he's an opening batsman, and you're expecting something like a hundred thirty, hundred fifty strike rate. Yeah. Um, but in this innings, he scored at a strike rate of nearly 200. So yeah. <laughs> I he, think we don't have to worry about the strike rate problems anymore. No, um, no, no, we don't. And and, and and critically, he was able to clear the fence, right? Like he was able to oh, hit yes, six sixes. He hit six after six after six whenever he needed he needed to as yeah. a release shot. Um, no, he, and, and, and all, he played all all sides of the wicket was, was superb. And, and and it was it was a very... It, and the thing is, right, and I, I do want to bring this up. It was Tendulkar-esque in the sense that Every shot that he played was a technically correct shot. It wasn't a ramp shot. It wasn't uh, a dill scoop or something like that. He just played the right shot to the right ball. Yeah, I, I think he scored. he played one shot that was like a ramp shot. But apart from that, you're 100 yeah. percent right about it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it, it's very aesthetically pleasing in a different way from from the guy we'll get onto in the second innings. Yeah, um, who also scored a very fast paced uh, total, uh, a big run total. Um, but I think it was a very aggressive attacking mindset that really got the Titans off to, to a good start. But I also think that that was backed up by a skipper. Harder uh, Pandya comes in uh, at four. He moves, promotes himself up the order uh, because he sees, okay, we need to put pressure on now. We need to go and score quickly. And that's what Harder Pandya is known for doing, right? Uh, very many, a great many captains in the IPL would be very hesitant to promote themselves, promote not just themselves, but promote an all-rounder up the order. Yeah. Right after the power play, 
to try and put the pressure back onto the other team. Um, but he, he made a very good decision in that sense, which is something that, you know, is not something that Hardik Pandya is known for doing. <laughs> yeah, he uh, has a tendency to put his foot in the mouth in the past, at least, right? Yeah, or, or do something that's totally inexplicably weird. But yeah. he made a very good decision, and I, I think that he deserves credit for that decision. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, right, I think, you know, it, it was partially vindicated in this match because he did score 30, but it was a relatively slow 30 by his standards. Yeah. But it you know what it's it, it it was a decent knock and what it did is i think it it sort of set up the back end for that innings for the likes of the sort of dynamos that gujarat have right in villa the biffers and tevatia to sort of accelerate with the platform built and i think the score was roughly around 103 when he got up and so that and with and there were six overs left right so there was a platform right. there where if they went at 12 and over they could get to 170 and they, they ended up getting that so um, yeah, yeah. And, and by his own admission, he didn't believe that they, they had batted the, to the best of their abilities. As mentioned, I, as I mentioned earlier, he felt that they were 15 to 20 runs short. But a lot of that credit needs to go to Fizz, who yeah. really repaid his team's trust by bowling four overs with three wickets at 5.75. It was one of those Fizz-type uh, innings where he bowls very economically, he gets one at early on, and then he gets two at the death. Yeah, right. yeah, um, that's a very fizz like. It's a very fizz like good performance. It's a fizz know? thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shardol was Shardol, so I, that means that he's either really good for no apparent reason, or he's really bad for very apparent reasons. And he just didn't have any edge today. Um, was yeah. very expensive, and and DC are kind of lucky in the sense that Kalilayma looks like he's sort of coming back into form. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He bowled with a little bit more, uh, you know, he, he bowled with, he bowled well into the wicket. He recognized that there was yeah. a little bit uh, in it when if he bowled. There, there was some bounce in the wicket. So yeah, that he could... or, or there was some awkwardness when you pitched it short of a length. And he he did that, especially a couple of times at the death. And it was it a was good strategy on his point. Yeah, and it took two two big wickets right there. So that, that sort of slowed down their, their, their pursuit. Um, yeah, and, and so yeah. Gujarat ended up with a total at the end of it all, right? in the 170 range which i mean as i mentioned in my sort of discussion a little bit earlier about what i thought was a par total on this wicket i thought that was that was par um yeah, yeah as it, you, it, was, as, it certainly was not a bad score it was it was a score that they could defend so ron you earlier mentioned right um you were talking about in the when we were discussing first innings of this match, Hardik promoting himself up the batting order at four. You thought that taking that added responsibility in an untested batting lineup showed good judgment. And I think we sort of saw that sort of bold but well-reasoned thought process coming out from Pandya again um, with the ball this time uh, in the second innings because when Gujarat set out in the second innings to defend that target, Pandya brought himself on over... Lockie Ferguson or Vijay Shankar to bowl with the new ball alongside Shami. And he did a pretty good job. It has to be said. Did a pretty good job. I think it was the, the first two overs went for 12 and he took a wicket or something like that. Might have been 14. Yeah. Something around that range. But, yeah, very good very good spell of bowling. Yeah, and, and I think critically what he recognized, he might have seen this. Now, I don't know if he saw this just from how Khalil was bowling at the end of that the death and maybe got an indication from that or just saw the pitch and made an assessment but he sort of was consistently honing 
um, his delivery is on a back of a length uh, sort of area of the wicket, right? Um, with the new ball at a sharp pace. I mean, he's clocking that 140 kilometer per hour mark frequently. That's that's creeping towards fast territory, right? Um, it, it, it's like what he used to be before his back injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High high 130s, low 140s. That that's good. That's good pace. Um, but he exploited the surface, right? When it was coming in that area, and it was important because that area is where the ball was behaving the most inconsistently in terms of pace, right? It was coming at slightly different paces, two-paced in, in nature, around that area. So Pandya bowling himself and bowling in that particular area was very good. Also, by bowling himself in the first couple of overs, he didn't really have to bowl that much depth, and that's not really his strongest suit as a bowler. So yeah. I thought it was an astute move on his part. Yeah, as I said, I was very impressed by his captaincy today. He, he also showed the good sense to take himself out of the attack once he got hit, which is yeah. something that, you know, captains need to be willing to do as uh, if they're all-rounders, which is like, okay, I'm not helping my team. Let's give the ball to somebody who can actually help the team here win, which I thought was a very, very good decision. And it almost immediately paid off because he went for, uh, because the guy he gave the ball to was Lockheed Ferguson. Who happened to just bowl a very good over, in which he went two for two. Yeah, so, yeah. Most captains would take that, right? Two for two. Yeah, they, they didn't take that. But, but but generally speaking, his changes were very well timed. Whenever it looked like the Delhi Capitals were trying to get back in the game, um, he would make a change and just prevent them from fixating on a single bowler and saying, "Okay, if you can get that guy, here's another option to look at. Here's something else to look at. Here's a different thing to face." Um, and, and he gave full credit to winning this match to his bowlers because he's, as he said, he thought he was 15, 20 runs short. Um, and his bowlers did a fantastic job, including himself. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, you're ta- talking about the captaincy, right? I thought his some of his field placements were pretty good too, right? Um, there were periods where for the new batsman coming in, punt, right? He had a slip. He had some other attacking fielders around the bat, taking sixth over in particular. Um, to, and and Punt is kind of a guy who's always a bit like on the edge, jumpy, a little bit dicey early on in his innings. So having those in-close fielders, you know, from a psychological perspective alone can be useful. But the positioning of those fielders with the lines that his bowlers were bowling, um, pretty good stuff. Um, and then there were points also where he had like a short third man in. And mm-hmm. to the batsmen uh, that were there, um, that were batting there, he sort of cut off possibilities for the batsmen on the crease that would normally score well in that area, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just remembering this one shot punt played where he, he basically puts it between a short point, uh, a, a, not a short point, a point and a uh, and a slip. And I think that was at that point funny. I was like, okay, fine, we're putting a third man in there just because he's going to keep hitting that shot until until I he, do something to stop him there. It, it, didn't, it didn't stop him because punt, uh, I thought... Punt kept doing it anyway because these were a shot punt. Yeah, but, and he found new ways of scoring behind uh, square of the wicket, right? Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll get on to that a little bit because I thought... Yeah, we will. But coming first to Ferguson, right? Who you mentioned bold just a small matter of a very good over um he was fantastic throughout really oh, um and and like Pandya, yeah yeah no i mean it's always nice to see like a, a an out and out fast bowler do well right it, yeah, it just gets the, blood the, IPL where, the, the ipl where if you can bowl 120 kilometers per hour but bowl a great cutter you will get a contract 
Yeah, yeah. Although we're seeing teams now like care about high pace, um, and, and we've been seeing it for a while too. So there's a position for bowlers that are like top gun bowlers who are quick, who get spots in the IPL. Um, and and Ferguson's definitely one of them, and he proved today why he's one of them, right? Because um, it was it was a, a very sensible piece of fast bowling, in, in addition to being a devastating one, right? Um, like Pandya, he noticed that that area in the middle of the pitch was sort of misbehaving a tiny bit, and so he tested that area. He bowled a bunch short of the length deliveries, some bounces in there as well, um, and he got the ball the odd the odd one, right, to nip inward. And so that sort of unsettled the heart of Delhi's batting lineup. I'm talking about Shaw and Mandeep in particular, right? With those two wickets. You've got your gun opener out. You got your number three, who is new but is been around the IPL the, the you know circuit for a while. That's pretty good stuff. Um he should have probably accounted for punt as well. I remember punt nicking and flashing a couple initially off Ferguson that yeah. either went through the gap or were like tough chances that would drop where the guy was diving up and trying to catch it one-handed and didn't get it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it wasn't like... He, he he could have had a fifer today, as a matter of fact. He didn't get one, but he did well enough. And and for me, really, Ron, it was that spell second dig around, right? When he comes back yeah. in the 15th over... He gets brought in a little bit earlier because Pandya is trying to finish off the game earlier on. Again, good tactical move for Pandya. He, yeah, and, and he pretty much seals the fate, in my mind, of this match, right? Because the the two wickets he got um, during this over, they weren't as good as what I'd say the first two wickets he got, um, just in terms of the fact that they weren't as well directed uh, at the batsman's body when he was bowling short when he had the new ball. But he was able to get the ball to bounce more awkwardly during that over and the way he did it was startling to you and me because what no, he did it, it was scary yeah because he was basically bowling off cutters well he was bowling off cutters that were rapid by rapid I mean 90 miles per hour off cutters which is incredible you don't I mean, see that people aren't the human body should not be allowed to do that no like physically it, it, it's, it's remarkable really like you know because Usually, right, um, when when we see cutter bowlers, right, even guys who like most bowl, f- first of all, most bowlers, fast bowlers or in, in modern cricket today, if they're going full out, they can touch that 90 MPH mark, but just touch it, right? Most people right. aren't like expressed or, or really quick like Lockie is. Yeah. So that's 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 like the, the, the threshold of max if they're going flat out. And then the cutters that are usually bowled are five miles per hour slower than that usually when I mean, you have different bowlers that do different things but usually they're at least about 10-15 kilometers slower than your stock delivery. Lockie was able to bowl cutters at the same pace as a stock delivery. <laughs> so Just mental things. Yeah. So like you know and I cannot stress this right just think about it. He's bowling these weirdly bouncing semi-off like, breaks. Like, when, when, when I saw this I was thinking is this the 2020s or the 1920s because something is wrong here and I can't quite put my finger on it because this is like this is what people talk about like when, when they talk about great bowlers of yesteryear like Sid Barnes for example yeah it was a very similar kind of bowler to both Fizz and um current in that spell uh Lockie where he just bowled quick but he also turned the ball a mile because yeah, he could yeah and and, and we, but yeah, even somebody like Sid Barnes, obviously they weren't speed guns back in the day, but even somebody like Sid Barnes probably was bowling 
at 70, 80 miles per hour. Yeah, he was not like bowling at moves. 90 miles per hour. So it was just, it was, it was, it was wonderful to see, right? And yeah, yeah we, we, we stand for Lockie on this uh, show and we'll yeah. continue to stand for Lockie on this show. <laughs> yeah. more uh, that but, might be a bit awkward. Uh, but <laughs> as for the standout batting performance, let's, let's talk about the other the other team because we've spent so much time talking about Lockie. Uh, yeah. Rishabh Pant played a really good knock. Right? No, I mean, he he did he did um, he, he played a genuine captain's knock in in this in this situation because he saw the, the team was in trouble, came in, and just okay, let's just get out of the power play, let's get to a more stable position, let's then try and let's move on. Yeah, all the um, while he was he was batting at a good strike. It was Rishabh Pant though. Yeah, it's Rishabh Pant. So he yeah. doesn't he doesn't do the the sensible thing of okay, let's bat, take ones and twos. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this ball between the slip fielder and a point. Why? Because I can. Because I am Rishabh Pant. I do not care your definitions of what is supposed to be done. Yeah, but it, it was actually sensible for the way the pitch. I well, of course, because right? it's also Rishabh Pant, who's a very sensible batsman. If you ignore the fact that he plays unorthodox shots. Yeah. No. And and and, and using those unorthodox shots, right? He because he guys he, he scored a lot of runs on both sides of the wicket, mm-hmm. behind square, right? Yeah. Um, and and so. He was what he was doing there was a taking advantage of field restrictions. You can't put too many people, for instance, on the leg side, be you know behind around square. behind square, right? Um, yeah. And so it was it was it was good in that perspective. But also, this particular MCA stadium has very short boundaries, like most grounds, right, where the pitch is located behind you know square. Yeah, square. So so obviously the logical position to hit the ball is behind square if you can so... do it. Yeah. yeah, and and he, he executed it really well, as you mentioned. It, it was a very nice contrast, right? Because on one hand, you had Shuman Gill playing orthodox shots down the ground, on the sides, but in a very orthodox, proper way. Yes. On the other hand, you have Rishabh Pant just doing whatever he wanted. Which yeah. It's just like, you know, that, that's that's what we want in, from an IPL. There are many ways, to, and I think it's a really good way of showing cricket, right? I mean, yeah. There are many ways to score runs in cricket, and one of those ways is to, to hit a ball behind square because you can. Yeah. Um, no, he put, but I but I do think that yeah. he was sort of let down by his teammates because while he was getting chased back under control, no one else was helping him. No. They they they, they there was a so when his uh, wicket fell eventually to Lockie, um, the fight just went out. You you could sort of see it. They just weren't in the game at that point. Yeah. Uh, Robin Powell played a pretty good knock, 20 from 12, but it was sort of a bit too little too late. And with his dismissal, they just lost all hope of getting back in the match. Yeah, um, that la- so, last over was pretty much a farce, right? Like, Tawatir yeah. there came to bowl in his little leg leg breaks, and, and by then, you know, it was like 16 of two needed, you know, with two balls left. Game game pretty much over. Yeah, and at that, I think... I think they know what they need to do, which is to just get their top order to fire, because um, you know expecting Fun to do everything is just not possible. No, it unless, isn't. unless he has a David uh, David Warner season where he's like, okay, I'm just gonna score all of the runs. It does not matter. I I will score every single run that has ever been scored in the yeah. IPL. You're thinking of like that IPL season in 2016 or 2017 yeah. where he won. When right? SRH wins simply because yeah. David Warner OP. Yeah, no, um, but fair enough, and it, it's it's actually really interesting because that sort of can bring us to what were our sort of more general observations about these teams in the match at large, and what are sort of takeaways that we can go with going forward um, into successive uh, or um, um, matches 
that are, lie ahead for them. Now for our commentary and general takeaways from this match. In terms of, I'm going to start off here uh, with Gujarat Titans. Um, so in terms of Gujarat Titans, I felt that something that's going to be sort of overlooked from this match, right, is that their fielding was a pretty pleasant mixed bag. In terms of the good, they kept on creating run-out chances through some nimble stops in the outfield and well-directed throws nearly that, that landed nearly or directly in some cases at the stumps. Um, I mean, I, I remember Rowan at one point in the match, they created what, like five run-out chances and 10 balls <laughs> while a partnership was building. Yeah. Uh, and they broke a partnership too. They broke a partnership. Yeah. So, um, I mean, run-outs, run-outs personally, I think are, are a little bit overrated in the IPL. Um, because I, I do think that the number one way to get someone out is caught because... Yeah. No, but it, it it's the fact that they're creating those opportunities, right? In the yeah. field is good to see. Um, it can also be in, in not always somebody who buys into the, the idea of fielding alone, indicating team morale, but it, it does indicate that team morale sometimes can be good. Yeah, it, and it I, shows that the team is a cohesive unit because a team that feels together stays together. Touche. Um, now, I will say they did it wasn't a flawless performance by any means they did fumble a couple of dives towards the ball where they allowed some shots to go to the boundary like they they, they thought they cut it off and then it, they didn't quite get enough hand onto the ball and the fast outfield carried it to the the boundary there's some chances they put down but again there are the caveats to the stuff right like these were these were not easy things they were genuinely sort of tough and they were excusable to some extent right the catchers and the, the dives aside yeah. Um, what's going to be a little bit more of a concern to them, Ron, going forward is probably that Matthew Wade behind the wicket wasn't spotless. Yeah. And having seen Matthew Wade's international career as a keeper, his reading and keeping to most bowlers isn't the best. Um, and especially to someone like Rashid. I mean, yeah, it was a bit... it's hard to keep you on a good day with a great keeper. Yeah, when you have a not so good keeper uh, on an Somewhat, on an average day. Yeah, it's kind of not ideal. So the, the the main sort of thing here, right, is that obviously, as you pointed out, like the main deciding factor in the outcome of this match was not the fielding, right? It was the yeah. great bowling. It was the good score or par score that was set up, right? But these all, all of these things sort of have an effect on contributing towards the pressure being sustained throughout a match. And, and in this case, they, they did through those that period especially with the runouts did sustain pressure throughout that period of Delhi's chase when they had actually put together a partnership so it does deserve some credit um, if they can fix that tendency to not always get their weight be of their body behind the line of the ball when they're moving to intercept it which is what caused some of the cases where they didn't really dive well enough for, um, yeah. uh, to sort of stop the ball from going to the fence um, if they can do that and if they can get Wade to improve his glove work a little bit towards spinners in particular I think they'll be an even more formidable force than they've been in the last couple of matches. Just talking about uh, Gujarat, let's talk about Delhi um, in terms of takeaways, right? Uh, and Rowan, my primary takeaway from this match with Delhi is pretty much Kuldeep, Kuldeep Yadav, because his statistics won't show it in terms of the wicket column or even in terms of the runs conceded. I think he went for like, four, in his four overs, he went for one, he had one wicket that he got and he ended up with like around eight runs and over which is yeah. which is respectable but it's not like you know awe shattering right no, uh, numerical uh, performance wise but yeah. 
I have no doubt that he was their best bowler that they had on the park tonight because within that very first over itself, right? He had the two batsmen who scored the most for um for uh Gujarat all at sea, right? They were groping uncertainly at the ball um and they're struggling to pick him and it was it was in part due to some real mastery that he was showing in terms of subtle changes of pace and flight. Um and you know given the again given that the batsman he was bowling to after he dismissed Vijay Shankar first ball was Shubman Gill and Hardik Pandya two batsmen who like batting against spin bowling in this format of the game and, and tend to be pretty successful at it um that's quite an accomplishment <laughs> it yeah. really is right um yeah, the- i think i think it's a really good thing to see not just for like for him but for indian cricket as well because this guy was supposed to be the guy who would come after Ashwin and Jadeja the, the the next generation of spinner right yeah. like you had Kumble and Harbhajan and then you had Ashwin and Jadeja and then it was going to be Kuldeep and he hasn't really kicked on he has lost confidence he's off form to see him back in that mold of okay i can take wickets okay i can control the game better yeah it, it's good to see and 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 i and i think the thing that's been most surprising for me um because i i've always read Kuldeep Yadav i think he was you know unfairly handled and and that the loss of confidence wasn't only on his accord uh due to lack of skill sets but what i like to see is that he's come back with a bang but he's also come back with new skill sets to confound the batsman right and the aspect that i think that has made him even more lethal now in deceiving batsmen especially in these shorter formats of the game like t20 has been that sort of variation in the positioning of the grip of the ball right um cuz throughout that spell he scrambled the seam of his leg break and his googly and so when when you can see the seam pointing in a certain direction and it's it's more uprightish right it's easier to pick out of the hand for a batsman it gives you a cue to do that when you scramble it then you're not 100% sure which way it's going to go or even which way it really is and you really have to concentrate on how the bowler is positioning his certain fingers on the ball even right so yeah. i thought that that and, and that's something by the way that i think that that's really been one big reason for his loss of confidence it's just that he only does one one of two things he either turns it one way or he turns it the other way right? and it and, it comes out of the hand looking predictable where they can spot that variation but yeah. now and giving that giving that scrambled scene just helps him hide which direction the ball's going to go that really helps with yeah. his effectiveness coming back to the Absolutely. The and and his performance tonight, right? Proved that the three wicket haul that he took in the first match which Delhi played was not a one off um in my mind. And yeah. I as you sort of alluded to, I hope, I genuinely hope that he can continue forward with these performances and sort of become the linchpin not only of this DC lineup, but once again come and be that linchpin of the spin bowling lineup, the, the future heir or successor uh to India in the years to come. So all in all pretty good match uh all things considered um we enjoyed watching it that's going to be it for us guys um please tune in next week because we're going to be covering the second double header match uh, of the IPL next Saturday um and yeah till then uh stay safe uh take care and uh see you guys next Saturday bye bye see ya